Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 190. You're once with the live share for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or on the replay in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, you are missing out. But we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as I feel like doing it and they're show appropriate. And if you want to join the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the float plane or Patreon. On. Links are both down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the party going with the awesome community over there. Indeed. It is an awesome community. I don't just fact, say that. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I'm kind of surprised because of all the different Discord channels I'm subscribed to, mm-hmm. this is the only one that I see that is actually the most active, really. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, especially for community anyway. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in a couple different community ones. I'm in a, a couple of tech centric ones, mm-hmm. uh more more like help forums than than community based. Uh right. mine by far is the most active that I'm part of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see people, you know, posting things here and there, but but you know, uh, between actual interaction between the users and conversations that go on and, and yeah. stuff like that. This this is definitely the most. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so if yeah if you want to if you want to join and see what's up, it's only a dollar. Yep, dollar gets you in. Only a buck. Yeah. It, 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 really, it's just a troll fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. If basically. you're gonna make me ban you, I want at least a dollar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a management fee. Yes. You know? it, yeah, yeah, it's that Ticketmaster administration service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to pay three dollars to print my tickets. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, you do. We make the rules. That's so we right. we punish you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, link is in the description as well as Rev has the link in chat. So thank you, Rev and uh, Skull, for being my ever-present mods on there. You guys freaking rock. All right. Uh, speaking of drinking beer, uh, one mm-hmm. of us was thinking it. I don't know if we said I, it. I was, I was thinking it. I was yeah. thinking about it all day. Yeah. Oh, I, that's what I've been forgetting in the intro lately. If you're drinking along with us, think about dropping what you're drinking in the comments or in the chat, yeah. and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. That's why my intros have been short. I, I knew it was off rhythm, but I couldn't figure out what I wasn't What saying. was missing? Yeah. That, I haven't said that in like three or four weeks now. Yeah, you, you yeah. have the beginning part down because you rattle that off like no one's business. Yeah. But. Yep. Uh, anyway, one of us was thinking beer. I'm sure of it. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm Steve, what do you beer. got lined up tonight? I have quite a few things here. Uh, let's see. First of all, I have from Beer Valley. Uh, it's a double IPA called Smells Like Oregon. Where are Hopefully they located? Not, uh, I think Beer Valley is is southern somewhere. Uh, Ontario. Okay, so eastern. On- Ontario, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So they're eastern. Practically yeah. Boise. Yeah, practically. They're way, way over on the east yeah. side. Um, no, I, I have so, friends who live over in Ontario. And in fact, my my uh, parents live over that way. So. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. So it's got it's got all, all this, all the, the yeast, the hops, the, the malt all came from Oregon. So this tastes like Oregon. Nice. I don't know if it's going to taste like pine trees, but we'll, we'll find out. Definitely. You know, what's funny um, about that beer selection is mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about mixing myself a cocktail because... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, went to the store the other day 
And mm-hmm. I, I finally found a bottle of one of my favorite all-time gins, which is Vivacity Native Gin. It's an Oregon-made gin. And, yes. and I make a cocktail that tastes like Eastern Oregon. Yeah, uh, like, you were telling me about this. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's like, I finally have all of the ingredients and I have good quality ingredients. And it's like, you know what? I feel like a cocktail tonight. And then I didn't have any simple syrup and I don't, didn't feel like mm. dealing with the ice. And it's just like, I'm, I'm running late. I, I'll just do beer. But yeah. that would have been a fantastic pairing to have you it drink that have. and have me drink my my cocktail. Yeah, it definitely would have. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I also have this one's by Urban Roots. Uh, it's a Baltic porter called Geeks of the Industry, kind of applicable since everybody here is probably geeks of the industry or of some industry. It's got the nerd glasses on there. And last but not least, I have from Palmer Candy Company, uh, um, Ferguson Brewing. It's kind of a collaboration. Uh, twin Bing Stout. So it's a stout with Twin Bing cherries. Being from a candy company, I'm expecting this to be pretty big and sweet. Yeah. So I, I would hope so. I would hope so, too. Although it's cherries not, are always a crapshoot. It is. Uh, I've had uh, a handful of beers that have cherries in them mm-hmm. and usually that flavor profile is very very minuscule it's, yeah it's usually like just below the radar there um so yeah we'll see with this one yeah yeah no uh yeah with with cherries especially when you start getting into sours or or some of the the aged beers and this we add mm-hmm. cherries to them it is yeah. always it could be sweet it could be tangy it mm-hmm. could be sour it could be like this was supposed to be a, a sweet and it turned sour or right. it could, like, yeah, you never know. Uh, the, the best uh, cherry based beer I've had uh, was the one from cascade, the cascade, uh, uh, sour that they have. Um, it's excellent. Yes. And it definitely tastes like tart cherries. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I've, I've had um, a couple pie cherry beers that have been pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. I've had a couple that tried and just flat out failed though. Yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. awful. I, I have to. <laughs> I, I, I had one I had one that I still remember a couple years ago. I don't remember what beer it was, but mm-hmm. I took a sip of it. it it's on video uh, of me like taking a sip and going, nope, 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 nope. Yep. And it, it was a pie cherry beer and God, it yeah. was just fermented and terrible. I, it was I like cough have... syrup mixed with hops. Yes, <laughs> I have definitely had more failures when it comes to cherry flavor beers yeah. than successes. Yes, so. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, in honor of the Windows 11 announcement, which took place last Thursday, so we mm-hmm. really didn't get a chance to get much airtime with it, uh, I picked up this one, which is from Matchless. It is the Plug and Play IPA. Nice. <laughs> I seen that one, and I wanted to get it, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. No, I, I, I love the can art on this. It's the, the Windows flag as a hop and the clouds in the background. It's just like, it's just perfect. I, I couldn't leave it on the shelf. <laughs> of course not. It may be a horrible beer, but, you know, uh, it's those label art that kind of gets yeah. you. Uh, let's see. A couple of weeks ago, I also mentioned uh, we were talking about bad movie translations on cable TV mm-hmm. or uh, on, uh, on broadcast TV. And uh, Big Lebowski came up because uh, you ever find a stranger in the Alps uh, yeah. is one of my favorite censored lines of all time. Yeah. Uh Anyway, I was also same day I picked that up. Uh, I spotted this one from Binary Brewing, the Big Lebrewski. Oh yes, I had this one before. Have you? Uh, yeah. So this this is a Kolsch, and uh, yes. Kolsches are I I think a 
a, a type of beer that doesn't get enough love. Uh, yeah. Because I, they go so well with so many different foods. Like, uh, like if you think like stout, you're thinking mm-hmm. hearty meat, steak, yes. burger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. thinking, you know, uh, gose, you're thinking, oh, something lighter, you know, yeah. uh, and whatnot. Kolsch goes with just about anything, but especially like fish tacos and oh, yeah. and crap like that. Like you, you can have fried chicken, you can have grilled chicken, you can... All, all of a sudden, I'm going Bubba Shrimp up in here. But yeah. uh, no, Kolsch's are fantastic. If you've no, never they, tried a Kolsch, go get a Kolsch and and have something to eat with it. They're like they're like the the hipster version of a lager. They really it, are. It, they 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 taste like handmade like a handmade lager, like with because the, the malts are kind of honeyish in, in in a way, and it tastes like a sweeter lager almost. They're good. No, they're, they're definitely good. I prefer, I would prefer on a hot day, a, mm-hmm. a Kolsch over a lager. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Rogue makes one of my favorite Kolsch's. Uh, and they, they usually have it on tap up at their Portland tap house. So Is it the, the, the honey Kolsch? Uh, the honey Kolsch, yeah. Yes, that one's it's very good. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, uh, John was talking about this one, and I, I managed to snag a can. Oh, so yeah. this year's uh, Fort George three-way IPA. Yes. Uh, I, I had that one... Last week, I think yep. I had to grab that one too. I, Every year when they do the three-way, IPA, I, I've always got to grab I a case grab of it. Yeah, yeah I do too. Um, so I haven't tried this year's yet, so this could be fun. Uh, I think I'm going to open the Big Lebrewski, to be honest. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try the uh, the, the smells like Oregon. I think I'm gonna try. All right, give this one a give this one a try. Let's see if it really does smell like Oregon. I should take this outside, take a whiff, yeah. and then take a whiff outside. Well, what part of Oregon? Because if it's Ontario, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be high desert. Yes. Plus, also, I'm sure this did not smell like what Oregon smelled like a year ago when those <laughs> fires were burning. <laughs> doesn't smell like a smoked malt. Yeah, it doesn't smell like burnt marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. I know. Ooh, yeah, very foamy. Did Steve disappear? Bad scene choice, Jeff. Oh, shoot. Uh, I forgot. Uh, I have that video hidden. In this one. There we go. Oh, there it is. Okay. I, I keep flipping. There I am. That's right. Uh, so, sorry everyone on that one. Uh, that was when Rhett dropped out two or three weeks ago. I, I hid his scene in, in this so I could have a show on me without my other window weirding out. And I uh, just uh, forgot to unmute it. So, no, Steve is here. Steve is here. So you guys just missed half a conversation because I'm assuming it also took the audio. So. Oh, did it take the audio too? So yeah. they didn't hear they didn't hear my witty repertoire. Yeah, did Steve disappear? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they missed some of your best comments of the year, unfortunately. Oh man. We're gonna have to redo those. Let me go back. Just do some ADR. Oh, that's pretty good. How is that? Good? Yeah. Yeah, I remember liking it. Yeah. Um not my favorite beer I've ever mm. had and I I wouldn't necessarily oh, even call this one like like a lawnmower beer. It's a little heavier and a little thicker than that. Mm-hmm. Um but I will say this tastes it's not as good as the Rogue Kolsch. Uh it's not as good as who makes the other is it Freem that makes the other one? Yeah, Freem makes a yeah. pretty good Kolsch too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the other one that I really like. It's it's not as good as either of those, but mm-hmm. it's it's definitely not a domestic lager. Um, yeah, 
but it I'm getting a little bit of like rice like oh, just a little no. bit just a little bit mm. um, you don't you don't want that in your no bowl. no <laughs> and maybe this I'm one, wrong one... and I'm hoping I'm wrong I'm hoping it'll you know this one is is uh I I like this one a lot specifically because it's not like a hazy IPA. Mm -hmm. This is like an old school Northwest uh, Imperial IPA. So it's kind of got that big hoppy resiny nice. flavor. Oily, clingy. Um, yeah. Kind of, yeah. kind of think like Boneyard or something like yeah. that. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like block 15, just like that. I, I, that's exactly what I was craving today. So this is, <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted. Nice. A little bit of a head on the thing, but it is delicious. Oh, good. Uh, they said the audio was there, so. Oh, okay, okay. We don't have to retake. All right, all right. At, at least we didn't talk into blank air for 40 minutes again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we did that one time. That was, <laughs> that was just, that was just so smooth and perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. That was good. All right, let's mm -hmm. get into some news, starting mm -hmm. with... Uh, one that I'm actually really, really excited about. And that is uh, Intel actually making a couple of waves here. Uh, yeah. This could have some pretty significant impact on both the desktop and the mobile space uh, here in the next uh, couple of quarters. So Intel Alder Lake CPUs have been spotted. This is their desktop variant uh, that should be coming out late 2021, possibly quarter one of 2022. Uh, so maybe a CES release, maybe maybe October, something like that, somewhere between there. Um, anyway, it has been spotted with a 16 core desktop CPU with Intel XE graphics on board. Now, only 32 execution units. So it's unfortunately only gonna be on par with something like an Iris Pro or you know some of their older tier graphics, just the newer tech. Um, but, they're getting competitive again core count wise and if they can boost that ipc that might draw a little bit of competition to the 5950x or whatever amd decides right. to replace that with um and competition is always a good thing and uh i'm i'm hoping that intel gets back into that competition whether it be price point or whether it be availability or whether it be just straight up performance um because remember amd even for years you could build a pretty inexpensive desktop that still performed if you put a decent graphics card in it. It's like, right. yeah, I'm not tearing it up at 140 frames per second, but I'm still getting 95. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah, was back yeah, when all monitors no. were 60. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, exactly. And, and if, if the budget price is just right for that thing, that's like, like perfect for, you know, just having a secondary PC laying around right. for, you know, whatever reason. Right. The other interesting tidbit in this article, and it took the second place of the of, on the title, uh, was that a 14-core mobile CPU has been tested and spotted with a 256 execution unit Intel Xeon or Intel Xe uh, graphics. Um, so to put that in perspective, uh, the GPD Win Three. Uh, ships with Intel XE graphics mounted on board the uh, i7-1167G7. A lot of sevens. Uh, so you get four cores, eight threads in a 25-watt package or 15-watt package or whatever you decide to run it at. And it shares its resources with the Intel XE graphics. But 
the Intel XE graphics only has 96 compute units or execution units, I guess I should say. That's mm -hmm. what Intel calls them. Uh, and does moderately well at 720p gaming, uh, actually phenomenally well at 720p gaming, and moderately well at 1080 low. Um, so let's multiply that number almost by three. Not a bad, not bad little mobile combo. With yeah, no, not at all. 14 cores, potentially 28 threads. Uh, this may even be using some of their big little architecture. I don't know. Uh, but uh, 256 execution units. That's that's nothing to scoff at. Uh, so that's the part I think I am most looking forward to. Uh, now, uh, it does say the Alder Lake uh, CPU is a, a big little architecture. So that's eight Golden Cove uh, cores and eight Gracemont cores. So 16 cores and 24 threads. So the high performance threads are hyper-threaded and the lower performance threads are not. They are single core. Mm -hmm. uh, but pretty impressive numbers coming out. Uh, OpenCL 18,482 on uh, Geekbench. That, yeah. That's respectable. a pretty respectable number, even with yeah. some discrete graphics going on. Yeah. Uh, so very, very excited that, you know, it's been a rough couple of years for Intel. We've all known that. But seeing them get back into the swing of things and uh, put out some pretty compelling products. I'm interested. Yeah, that's good. I'm, yeah, I'm I, definitely I, I, I was too. And I was reading this article. I'm like, you know what? Because I didn't catch. Was it? a predicted release i don't think so because this is still kind of uh uh this is all kind stuff. of leak uh now we do yeah. know that it's coming on a new socket it's an lga 1700 socket mm -hmm. uh so chips are getting bigger and bigger uh yeah they sure are <laughs> right um but uh yeah, so no anticipated release, but the fact that we're starting to see some of these kind of pop out and uh, getting an idea of uh, core counts and, mm -hmm. and frequencies and uh, narrowing down on what type of graphics are going to be on board. What do they think they can actually bin? Uh, mm -hmm. These are both pretty great results. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, I didn't see it earlier, but uh, looking at the Geekbench, uh, the... 14-core mobile CPU is a 14-core 20-thread. Uh, so you've got wow. six cores, 12 threads, it looks like, and uh, fill in the gap for the rest. Another six cores. Yeah, six cores, 12. I don't know. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Someone do the math. My head's... My head's... Uh... I'm, not, I'm not all here, so... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, likely another big little type architecture. So energy efficient, mobile, and and has some yeah. gaming chops to it. Yeah. Maybe like sub RTX 2060, you know, mobile 20, mobile 1070 right. kind of. That's not a bad place to be. For a, no, for a, yeah, well, no, I'm gonna say like that's not for an going ultra to, but right. It's not gonna put yeah, it's not gonna put Intel back on top. But for certain markets, it's gonna be impressive. As long as they're playing the, in the same sport. Like, yeah, uh, uh, especially if the price point mm -hmm. is good. Uh, well, you know, with Intel, who knows? Some, sometimes they can surprise Who knows? You. Right, right. Who knows? Uh, if they want to be competitive, yes, they could put the price point at a place that could be competitive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with you know, testing already being done and testing already being leaked, 
there's a good possibility that we'll be seeing these chips this year. Yep. Uh, at least towards the end of this year anyway. Yeah. Or maybe, like you said, it's CES next year. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey, look what we got. Because it's, it's going to be the first time CES is uh, back in full swing. Yep. So. And we should be there. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. I had a blast last time. It was great. Yeah. Let's let's bring everyone this year. Yeah, sure. Just everybody come. That sounds like come fun. On. Yeah. yeah. If you've never been Vegas, it's a disgusting place, but it's fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a filthy, terrible, awful, yeah. energetic, depressing. <laughs> it's place. it's like most Eisley with neon is basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're walking through the these opulent hotels and and all these suites and whatnot. It's like I couldn't even afford to park here. And... Yeah. Oh, I I still remember when we took that Uber ride. And mm. that guy was like pointing out just just right off the freeway on the on the other side of the freeway where this trip is. He's like, yeah, yeah you don't ever go there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. we had people stabbed over there. Yeah. It's like, ee. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, no, I had I had a story from a friend of mine, not going to say who, uh, who rented a car at one point, and uh, it was a nicer car, uh, but they they ended up uh, just south of the strip, mm -hmm. like half a mile. Like not mm -hmm. far, not too far off of it. Yeah. And uh, they weren't doing anything crazy, but uh, a cop pulled up behind him and flapped and flipped his lights on. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, "What are you boys doing here?" And they said, "Oh, we're just out for a spin." He goes, "You don't want to be here. You need to get on the road, go north, and and get back on the strip and stay on the strip. <laughs> 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 this is not the place you want to be." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I noticed that with like Anaheim too. It doesn't mm -hmm. take far to drive from yeah. the area where Disneyland is before it starts looking like, eh, you know, maybe we should be well, remember that first brewery here. we went to, that was kind of, it was that same oh, area. Yeah. It was just, just, that, just south of the strip. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, eh. or just north. That was just, <laughs> just north. north. It was yeah. just north. It was, yeah, it was, it was a little bit past, um, the Fremont street. Yeah. Uh, area. It's, it's yeah. Fremont to the, to like, just, yeah. just north mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I do remember. I do remember. They weren't going to break into my Buick. No, and it was like right when they opened too. But right. I mean, it was still like it was ten in the morning. Know. Yeah, it was ten in the morning. Nothing was going to happen then. The meth heads like, are I so would sleepy. not want to be there at night. That yeah. just looked like an area that was not like. Or rather, the meth heads are just now falling asleep. It, so. it was close to an overpass too, so you just know that yeah. there was like a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, over it, there. it was under two freeways. It was at the the LA cutoff and and whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, there there were two under on. Um, overpasses that you went underneath to get to this brewery and mm. great place great place yeah it was, uh, it was great fun yeah it was very clean very very well done uh the the viewing room for the brewery was insane oh yeah it was great there was a reason why it was surrounded by a giant iron fence yeah <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure there was a reason for that mm -hmm. but yeah great great brewery but uh, bad location yes all right. Uh, I think we're going to jump into our sponsor spot about five minutes early because I think the next story is going to take uh, a bit of time to kind of go through the the ups and downs of this one. Sure. Um, so let's jump into that. Uh, today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of my tutorials on the channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. 
Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even have dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for graphic rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do own your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. It's not a backup. It's not a backup. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing. And thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks, Linode. Thank you, Linode. You guys are great. They're awesome. I heart Linode. <laughs> I just realized I have a Linode shirt, and I don't think I've ever worn it. Yeah, you should probably wear that. I should probably wear it one of these days. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll just shoot one of my videos in it. Well, you know, while you know, you're, I'm, I'm going to shoot my next video in, in a Linode shirt. Okay, there you go. And, and then next time when I'm on and you do the spot, I'll do an interpretive Linode dance <laughs> inspired by Linode. I'm holding you to that. <laughs> They're our sponsor for a long time to come, Steve. So. Get the data going where you need. Yeah. Linode. You need some backup singers, too. Linode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, none of that was paid for, either. That was on the house. So. Free Linode. Uh, thank you, guys, for putting up with me. All right. Uh, the machines are taking her gerbs. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, Skylab is almost here. Yeah. So this has been not necessarily a new story, but it's one that uh, had a fairly lengthy article written about it this week. And mm -hmm. I thought it brought up some pretty interesting points. And uh, I kind of wanted to talk about it because I can see pros and cons on both sides galore. Of course, of course. Uh, so we are talking about voice actors being replaced by AI for game voices. Uh, mm -hmm. That is all of the characters, player characters, NPCs, whatever. Uh, you realize when a game is released in like 30 languages, like something like Cyberpunk or The Outer Limb, uh, uh, what is that? Outer Limits. God, yeah, no. Outer Limits. I was just going to say, you, you had it right. Did I? Okay. That, it didn't yeah. sound right because... Uh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, The Outer Limits. Okay. The outer yeah, limits. yeah, Outer Limits. Uh, I mean, you could go the Bethesda route and just use the same five voice actors for every single part, not even have yeah. them vary it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just so some poor beggar. Aren't you the Jarl of Winterfell? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, well, you to happen be fair, to be both. You know, I think Skyrim was it's like we're almost at like the tenth anniversary of Skyrim being released. I think we're almost uh, there. November, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Let me yeah. see. When was Skyrim? Twenty eleven was Skyrim. I and I think it was November. Yeah, November eleventh, two eleventh. Yeah, so we're almost yeah. at the ten year anniversary. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they can they can maybe just take the voice actors and adjust the pitch and 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 the bass or something like that just to make them sound a little yeah, bit just different. Do something different. Different, yeah. I mean, at least Fallout had some more Fallout Four had some more variants, mm -hmm. um, but uh, one of the it's like yeah, I love the live voice acting, but in Fallout Three, hearing the same two creeper voices and that's really all there were. There mm -hmm. there were two people who did the creepers, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, or the ghouls, excuse me, not creepers, ghouls, ghouls, yeah, ghouls. Uh, 
and uh hey smooth skin mm-hmm. and, and whatnot and it's like okay are you the bartender or are you some random thug do i do do i hit all, you like all the same voice yeah it's yeah. all the same voice yeah it, it is have so to be able... other outer worlds thank you outer, oh outer worlds, outer worlds. yes okay yeah. not outer limits yeah yeah uh yeah bethesda said starfield will have voiced ai uh yeah. so uh and outer worlds had had voiced ai uh and the the reason this story came up was a um there is a fan mod uh essentially a fan dlc mm-hmm. uh that came out for-, for the witcher 3 uh wild hunt uh and it's called a night to remember and it is essentially a new player campaign that is fully voice acted but it's fully voice acted by ai characters and even though this is fan made and even though it's free to download and even though there are some voice actors who are a little ticked off because the people who voice gerald for example didn't get paid for this uh but all the characters in this and there's quite a bit of dialogue in in this uh they're fully voice acted Mm -hmm. but not by people uh so it begs the question number one in this certain case is it moral morally right to essentially create your own ai algorithm to replicate a known voice so you can write your own story i mean i mean there's fanfic there there's a whole bunch of different avenues where it's like well you can write about something like uh lucas arts is one of the most well known uh for allowing fanfic as far as uh, extended universe stuff and and they said you can write in our universe and and we'll even publish it for you uh just don't alter the main canon story yeah uh if you want to expand on it if you want to use the characters, that's fine, but they have to start and end at the same point that they do in the movies. You can't alter history. Um, and that was pretty much the only only requirements of it. Uh, so they've been very forgiving, but that's a little bit different medium because Mark Hamill wasn't acting as Luke Skywalker in the extended universe or expanded universe. Right. He was only in it for, well, I'd say eight or, or six episodes, but we all know it's closer to like five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it is an interesting concept, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, this this thing was an expediency thing. Obviously, they're making a mod and they wanted to make it as polished and professional as possible, mm-hmm. but they don't have the monetary means to, uh, you know, hire actors or anything like that. So uh, the technology basically will take the existing actor's voice and uh, sample it and basically allow you to type out and make them say whatever you want them to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does bring up a, a real a ethical question. Uh, do you does, an, does a voice actor own, own their own voice, right. uh, basically? Uh, do they have the ability to say, no, you can't use that? Uh, I mean, you have you have plenty of voice impersonators too. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got tons of comedians who will sit there and do some pretty, you know, spot on impersonations of like you know Christopher Walken or something like that. Yes, but they don't par- get sued. But parody but is is parody is protected different. under copyright. Uh, That's true. And so you can you can be a comedian and be an impressionist. You know, you can be Frank Caliendo and do Robin Williams in The Wizard of Oz. 
which yeah. by the way is one of the grace, greatest two minutes of, of uh, stand-up comedy you will ever watch in your life. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he can do that because Robin Williams never wrote, directed, and acted in The right. Wizard of Oz. Right. Um, and, I, and I think, I think, yeah. And, and I'm sorry, it was directed point, by Quentin Tarantino. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't be it. It would be parody at that point, which would be fine. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's not parody. But this is not it's parody. AI. Right. No, this isn't parody. And this is a product. Now, I don't think this mod is monetized. They're not selling it. This is a free mod, as far as I mm -hmm. know. So I think that's probably part of the reason is that they're not so miffed. It's more of an alarmist thing that this is something that's possible because i watched right. the trailer for this and it sounds pretty good it sounds pretty good i mean yeah. come on if you you've played the witcher games uh Geralt's <laughs> voice is pretty pretty deep and deadpan yeah uh, I, I i can see an ai easily replicating it and making it sound pretty good um it, it would be hard to do something like somebody who has really unique speech patterns like uh mm -hmm. Uh, like Christopher Walken or, right. or Steve Buscemi or, or you know William Shatner or something William like that. William Defoe. Or well, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be a little harder for AI. But someone who just talks like this all the time, you know, or like yeah. Christian, oh, oh, Bale Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> that would be easy, right? You know, that would be that wouldn't be that hard to do. I, I, I think um, Christian Bale uses Microsoft Voice. Yeah, it's probably yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really think? I wonder what the lozenges, the lozenge uh, budget was for Batman. <laughs> Just like every day, ah, Christian Bale goes to a bag of luggage. <sighs> but I mean, the fact that this thing isn't monetized or the guy isn't making money from this mm -hmm. uh, probably keeps people at at you know the voice actors is like, well, okay, you're not making any money from this, therefore there's nothing nothing for me to gain by trying to sue you, right? Uh, but like in the in the case of uh, a Starfield, that they said that there's going to be AI voice voices, and if it's based on a real life actor, mm -hmm. what what is the monetary compensation for that? What does that look like? Or do they just say screw it, you don't get anything because it's really an AI generated thing? Right. So I don't know. It's a it's an interesting. Thought, thought uh, novella hub brings up gilbert Gottfried. uh there's actually an interesting case study on gilbert Gottfried, uh as he was the voice of the aflac duck aflac yeah um so he was that voice for years and years and years and uh uncredited but it was it was gilbert Gottfried. uh anyway gilbert Gottfried got into some hot water for some comments he made either either currently or or they a couple they, years ago they dug him up that, yeah. and, and canceled him i don't remember what happened uh but it's it's an it was another case of one of those comedian known for offensive comedy said something offensive yeah. 10 years ago that was kind of offensive 10 years ago but now really offensive because we changed our minds it, yeah. it was one of those deals um uh, and so aflac dropped him as uh, as their spokesman and uh, there was actually a contest of become the next duck, and so they they had a bunch of voice actors come in and and like like give us what your impression of the Aflac duck would be, and they ended up hiring a guy who sounds exactly like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Uh, and so, does Gilbert Gottfried own his voice? I'm sure in in the contract it it said you know that that Aflac the company is. Uh, at will to use his voice for promotional purposes and in advertisements. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, contracts are very well defined as far as what is allowed and what is not when you hire 
talent. And yeah. uh, where will my voice show up? Are you going to use it in the Super Bowl? Can you not use it in the, in the mm. Super Bowl? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. I mean, it's, it is very, very detailed. Um, so did they have a right to essentially mimic Gilbert Gottfried's voice after they fired him in new advertising material? That's a good discussion. Uh, and, it, yeah. and it all depends on what the contract said. But it, it brings up kind of a moral ground uh, about the voice actor was fired and they hired someone to replace him to do the same exact voice. Um, and this happens in cartoons and this happens in, in oh, things yeah. all the time. I mean, uh, everyone, everyone remembers Meg One from Family Guy. Oh, wait, no one yes. does because... Uh, not, not just because, like, yeah. Yeah, because Mila Kunis is Meg. Um, yes. But yeah, uh, it, it's... There is so much unexplored ground when it comes to voice acting and replacing voice acting either yeah. with other actors or with non-actors with with artificial intelligence and algorithms i mean i even remember there was uh um i don't know if you ever played it but i i, I played I actually kind of liked it um it was the telltale games did a back to the future yeah. adventure game yeah and of course you know uh michael j fox doesn't sound like doesn't Marty sound from like Back Marty to the Future anymore. anymore. I mean, and it's yeah. not you know, it's just he's he's got Parkinson's and he just he can't. Yeah. And so, but they found somebody that sounds almost exactly like him. And right. uh, if you ever played it, it sounds like Marty McFly like, from like Back circa nineteen eighty three. Right. Michael right. Fox, so, right. and at that place, that's not a parody. That's that's somebody duplicating a voice. And mm -hmm. did Michael J. Fox get any of that? No, he right. obviously didn't. But, uh, um. They, they found somebody to actually mimic his voice. Yep. Um, no, it, it's it's very interesting because there's people that can definitely sound like other other people. And so, well, if people can get away with that, why can't we use AI? Mm -hmm. And even even in a in a further uh, type of a thing, what about uh, people who are are you know long since deceased? What about Governor and, Tarkin and, we have... and Princess Leia? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who had they, they CG rep, rep, representations well, in we're Rogue still One. In the, we're still in the uncanny valley uh, realm for their visual depictions of that. Because yeah. I, I have not seen one that was real. I mean, I've seen some... The, the, the Princess Leia was not quite... It wasn't quite not there yet. There. It wasn't quite there. Um, it's like, it's the, it's the uncanny valley thing. It's like, you know, it looks, it looks great. It looks okay. But it just it looks it doesn't okay. look human. And, and, and it I doesn't mean, look human. Right. No offense to the CG artists because they're some of the best character models I have ever seen mm -hmm. used uh, on film. But right. they still weren't naturally lit human-looking replacements. No. no. Uh, uh, Governor Tarkin looked better than Leia. And, and yeah. uh, the voice actor for Governor Tarkin was fantastic. Uh, and again... Here, here we can just talk voice acting. The voice yeah. actor for Governor Tarkin, let that sink was in for a good. second, yeah. was very, very good. Yeah, yeah. As was. Governor Tarkin. Uh, yeah. So does well. Uh, I mean, to I be fair, name, you, but, could, but you could. But does his estate you can, get? You can go to London and throw a rock and find evil British guy voices pretty much anywhere. <laughs> um, so that's not that hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> What's Mike Myers doing these days? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> um yeah so 
I think you you nailed something that we are definitely in the uncanny valley state of of affairs at the moment. Um, I think the technology is both great and awful all at the same time, and I think we yeah. need to learn to work with the great aspects of it and forgive the maybe not so great aspects of it um or or work around the not so great aspects um morally speaking if you are a company like obsidian uh so obsidian's the developer of the outer worlds uh they did fallout new vegas uh they're now back again part of microsoft and part of the hope Mm. is they'll do another fallout game uh wouldn't that be fantastic uh but if you're Obsidian and you're known for voice acting and you hire good voice actors and uh, uh, that's what you're known for and that's what you do, do you go full AI with your next game, with your next project? And one of the points that I tried to get to, and I think I, we missed it because we, we got distracted, was what if you're a company like Obsidian and you have to release a game in 30 different languages that is 100% yeah. voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you hire an entire ensemble in every right. single language or bilingual yeah. voice acting or, or whatever else uh, to record each and every single language full dialogue tree, which by the way, tens of thousands of lines for, for many games. Uh, Outer Worlds had something like 25,000 lines uh, of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. all of which need to be acted, you know, emotionally correct, contextually this is, correct. Yeah, this is not only for just games, too. Uh, I don't know if you've watched uh, the uh, a lot of the... I, I, I think this is unique. I've never seen this before except for on the, the Marvel uh, shows that they're putting on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I've watched the end credits because, you know, how Marvel is. They always put something at to, the end. Right. Some, and some, but in some of the early episodes, they don't. And so I'm like, okay, well, I got to watch it just to see. But at the very end, actually, after the credits, they have the credits to the credits where they actually have the voice actors of the several different languages that they do. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have the – obviously, the, the actors doing it, but when they're doing the dubs for the uh, different languages, they mm-hmm. have different actors doing that. And they put them on – like it goes on for like five minutes yeah. of just you know uh, all the people that they hired to do the, the ADR in different languages. Yeah, uh, so, famously, Christoph Waltz does – speaks like a dozen languages and i yeah, guess he just uh, do whatever yeah. and, and like, i guess <laughs> for uh for his couple of quentin tarantino appearances yeah uh he uh uh did the voice acting for mm-hmm. uh or the the dub overs for right. all 12 languages that he spoke and so regardless of what language you watched uh what is that in uh gosh is it inglorious bastards and django unchained i think are the christoph waltz yes, yes. he was yeah. in both of those yeah, yeah. yeah. uh yeah, if you watch that, his characters are all voiced by him. <laughs> Period. Oh, <yeah. laughs> I know Ooh, a little side a note. I think it's a, a, a little, a little uh, trivial tidbit there. Um, I think Golden, uh, not Golden, not Golden, Goldfinger, uh-huh. uh, the guy who played Goldfinger in the in the James Bond movie, the old James Bond movie, he's like a German actor, and the guy didn't speak speak a lick of English. He, he barely spoke English, so he had to like memorize the lines phonetically in english mm-hmm. even though he did not understand what they were really saying 
And if you go back and watch it, it seems like his his delivery is a little disjointed, but it's actually a pretty good job yeah. for a guy who doesn't really know what he's saying. <laughs> it's like someone could teach me phonetically how to say things in Spanish. I might not know how to what, right. what it means or anything like that. I can, I can so replicate a lot of different phonetic sounds. Uh, I can't roll my R's. I've never been able to roll my R's. Oh, really? I, I cannot oh, I've do always it. been able to do that, I yeah. I cannot do it. Um, yeah, it's just one of the things I cannot do. Oh, I, Russian language is not for you, my friend. No, I, I, I can play clarinet with the best of them, but I cannot roll yeah, my R's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your poor wife. Yeah. <laughs> I have other talents. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> Steve, you're going to need to oh. see me after class. Oh, all right, <laughs> right I'm good detention now. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know that I have a good answer for this. I don't know mm -hmm. that I have yeah, a good answer for – I don't know either. For, uh, is AI voice a great thing? Is it a terrible thing? I think yeah. it's a thing. I, I, think, I think for certain avenues, it could be fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, Obsidian said for Outer Worlds, they used it as a placeholder to make sure that audio cues were actually working, voice sync was working, mm -hmm. and uh, – and you know they were using it to essentially debug yeah. their game, and then for a lot of copies of the game, they still had voice actors come in and mm -hmm. and and do the voices. Uh, but right. they don't do voice acting until the last step of production. Yeah. Once the once everything is finalized, right. once all of your dialogue trees are finalized, they will finally have voice actors come in and read all their lines. Um, so it's a great development tool. But someone pointed out in the chat, this could be great for MMOs that otherwise don't have any voice acting. Uh, this could be great for, uh, you know, certain other other games. Uh, could be great for football games. Could be great for for basketball games. You know, oh yeah, you're not going to go sound capture, you know, Chris Paul and Damian Lillard, and you know, go down the list uh, and get their dialogue in game. But right. you know, if you can just throw well, some you know, decent replacements in potentially f f f uh you know like uh musicians when they release a song obviously mm -hmm. they have a song and then they can get royalties from people playing the song yeah potentially because how this ai works you still need the original actor's voice yeah to program the ai to be able to copy you and and you know replicate you yes yeah and there and, could uh... there could be a potential uh avenue stream where actors can actually make money mm -hmm. not as much money as doing it but basically license their voice out say you have my permission to use it a smaller fee um so so famously you, it, uh Barrett roddenberry who is mm -hmm. the voice of the computer uh mm -hmm. had her computer voice fully recorded with every phonetic combination uh for doing something just like this Right, and so there is a phenomenal use case for, you know, Major Roddenberry is the voice of the computer, right. uh, and if you want to continue that that legacy, and if you want that voice to to remain constant in the Star Trek universe, or if you want to go back and explore TNG and DS Nine era stuff and and Voyager era stuff, and have an accurate computer voice, you could use AI to recompile her voice and then have it spit out whatever lines the computer needs to say and they're identical to the way she would have done it 
I think that's a phenomenal use of the technology. I think adding voices to a game that had no intention to voice act or doesn't need to worry about deep storytelling, just, you know, once once a little additional oomph to the gameplay. Yeah, and and as this thing kind of progresses, I don't know where it's at right now. I don't know how quickly real time this thing uh, emulates other people's voices, but potentially if it gets fast enough and and done well enough, uh, the size of games will go down mm-hmm. because you don't have to have all these you know sound files downloaded with it. You just have to have right. the interpretive engine and the texts in which to interpret it at right. uh, for the dialogue. Um, and so then you don't and then and that becomes like making uh voices for uh you know um uh you know dlc or or you know uh even even uh uh user made uh content well, could be voice acted without mm-hmm. voice actors yeah type of a thing uh so i'd say pretty, for main pretty... characters full cast uh full-fledged world with hundreds of npcs yeah ai the crap out of that and yeah i think there's a sliding scale there I, I think if you have something the scale of, let's say, Skyrim, um, yeah. you have some characters that need to be voice acted. You you have mm-hmm. uh, the Yar of Winterfell. You you have uh, yeah. Jarl Ul, uh, Ul, Ulfric. Uh, Ulfric. There we go. Uh, you have uh, you have the Greybeards. You have uh, Alduin. You have. I mean, there's a lot of characters that are main characters that are quest characters that. Yeah that should have some emotion and some some humanity yeah. behind them. They shouldn't be yeah. hollow performances, right. even though they ended up being hollow performances because they said, please read this in a monotone with no emotion whatsoever right. yeah. when they did the voice acting for Skyrim. Well, uh, I'm assuming that's, actually, that's the yeah, direction. That's actually part of the, the, the... That's actually part of one of the hard things to voice act for a video game is because different from like movies and tv shows and stuff like that you, you don't have, have a emotional script. context right well yeah you don't have emotional context at right. all because a lot of times it's driven by what the user does and you don't know what the user is doing at the time so you don't know how your delivery is supposed to be uh one of the uh you know even one of my favorite games like portal 2 wheelie was uh voiced by steven merchant he's a he's a big tall blonde guy that hangs out with ricky gervais uh, he did an excellent job, I thought, in Portal 2, but like watching his interview talk about uh, when he voiced that character, he said he hated it. He yeah. says, I, I absolutely hated it because I had no idea what the context was for what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And even though they said it, it was like it's it's different because everything was driven from uh, user interaction. So yeah. your delivery was based on what the user would do, not what the other actors were doing. Yeah. All right, what are we doing now? Uh, I'm doing the... Uh, oh, yeah, the Windows. Yeah, the Windows. The matchless right. plug-and-play. It's a hazy IPA. Yeah. And I'm doing it in my brand-new DS9 mug. Nice. Oh, nice. Just just a little bit of a foam at the top. Yep. Uh, so this was one of my Father's Day presents, was was a as authentic as possible Ractagino mug. <laughs> no no earl gray decaf for me yeah who does decaf tea i know like I've, i i'll do decaf coffee sometimes sometimes oh no that just seems like a waste i'd, yeah. I'd much rather do i mean decaf tea if they have like a lot of nice flavors in it yeah but i need a good black tea just just to give me that yes. caffeine content yeah 
so yeah um yeah uh yeah, an interesting, interesting <laughs> thought concept. We're not going to solve the world's problems. <laughs> we're not going to solve it. Yeah, we're we're not. Again, we're not lawyers. We're just like talking about an interesting subject matter. Yeah, that not only impacts, uh, you know, things that we love like c- computers and games and stuff like that, but the entertainment industry uh, as a whole. Yeah, and the efficacy at efficacy efficacy, efficacy, uh, uh, around that. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple years ago they had that. Um, commercial with fred astaire dancing with a vacuum cleaner and of course fred astaire has been dead a long time ago but yeah. they're thinking like well you know he's dead you don't have to pay him but he never consented to selling a vacuum cleaner right. either the, right the tupac you know? hologram the yeah I mean, the tupac hologram yeah, or something speaking of like uncanny, that. Yeah. uncanny valley yeah. um i mean I'm, I'm waiting for chris farley to make a return on saturday night live at this point they don't they don't have the pixels to replicate them yet. Oh my freaking gourd. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. I want to I want to see I'm going to make an animatronic Chris Farley in a van down by the river. You're going to wind up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living <laughs> in a van down by down the by river. The river. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the one he's really known for. My favorite yes. Chris Farley ever was a uh, Japanese game show. That was pretty funny. Japanese uh, game I think, show I think was this, incredible. I, I thought I, the van down the river is probably the Alex most Baldwin famous. and Mike Myers. Like <laughs> those were good. Yes. <laughs> so good. I know. Uh, he also, also his, uh, uh, Patrick Swayze, uh, Chippendales dance mm. routine. Yeah. Was, was pretty good too. <laughs> uh, good morning from Germany. Uh, guten Abend. Mm. That is oh, good. Andy uh, Steve, you on your second beer yet or still finishing? No, not first? yet. I'm getting down to the dregs gotcha. of uh, my IPA, which it is a double. In fact, I didn't even look to see what the it's eight percent. Okay. okay, so it's not it's not too bad. Yeah, uh, this one I think is only a six. I wanted to say it was low. Come on, Matchless, where's it at? Six point eight. Okay. Yeah, both of these have been sixes so far. So, Big Lebrewski okay. was a six point oh. Matchless is a six point eight. All right, not, That's not too bad. Not too bad. I don't know if I want to do the. Uh stout well these these both this one's a stout this one's a porter so they're both going to be like big old roasty bombs so we'll yep. see yeah I, I went full on ipa today well i guess okay. i started with the kolsch but yeah uh, yeah i normally go all ipa all the way but not today it's what did i log into lol watching for 45 seconds and already <laughs> laughing all right that's what i love all to right. hear that's good get your all tech right. news your beer news and a little bit of comedy so there you go. A little bit. Except when John's on. Except when John's on. Then it's just. Yeah. It's... <laughs> it becomes the dad joke channel. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. All, all nickelback jokes all the time. Yes. Look at this photograph. <laughs> uh, John's one hit wonder. All right. Moving right along. Moving uh, along. All <laughs> moving right. Moving along. Uh, so Windows and Microsoft made some uh, interesting headlines this last week. Uh, not necessarily for great reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. 
because there's been some, uh, we'll say confusion in communication as well as some uh, ruffled feathers about some of the hardware requirements for Windows 11. Uh, first off, Windows 11 looks pretty decent. I actually do have it running on one system. In fact, it's my GPD yep. Win 3 handheld. Uh, and oh, really? outside of a couple small bugs, I really like mm -hmm. it. Um, and of course, it's a beta operating system. It's going to have some yeah, bugs. Yeah. Um, like I have one game where the controller just won't recognize anymore. And unfortunately, it was a game that I was trying to to like 100% through. And mm -hmm. now it won't work. It's not, like, no, no. Um, no. So I had to, had to switch to a different game now. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. really the I, only thing. I don't, I've, I've had a couple of crashes. but I don't want to. I don't want to age myself but i'm never doing another windows beta again ever since i did the uh windows 98 beta which windows 98 was a great operating system <laughs> but uh um the beta version was abysmally bad yes. it was just horrible yeah. so uh ever since i then, have a and beta it, disc somewhere for 98 i do oh really i, okay. I, I so have i have a microsoft disc somewhere okay yeah, I think we we got we had the disc too because yeah. before we you had couldn't the, download it. <laughs> no, you couldn't because back then MSDN you, they had MSDN yeah. back then, but it all came on CDs or DVDs. Yeah. Back in Windows ninety eight days, it was all CDs. Mm -hmm. So they just sent you a giant box full of hey, here's the latest release of everything we got. Yep. You know. Yep. And so we got the uh, Windows ninety eight beta release in our dev environment. It's like, well, let's go spin it up and see what we got yeah i'm like yeah you know what i'm gonna try this as my everyday driver for a while and see how this works <laughs> and it, it took me like a couple hours to set up windows and my dev environment and everything like that and man the next couple of days was just miserable <laughs> nothing worked everything crashed all the time it was bad so uh i i tried to do that with uh, i tried to daily drive a beta one one time um so last week was my 15 year anniversary mm -hmm. been married a while uh in fact out of all my friends i think you're the only one that's been married longer than me uh, oh yeah like like most of my friends is like yeah we've been together six now oh that's cute <laughs> that's, cute. <laughs> that's really cute yeah. um but uh yeah 15 years uh this this last week and uh one of the things that i remember is i took my laptop on our anniversary with us mm -hmm. and i was beta testing windows vista Oh god, that was another one that was really bad and too. And so you want to talk about like how the final version was hot garbage? Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, I couldn't do anything with that. I yeah. I think I was run. It was a compact laptop. Mm. Um, I believe it was a Turion sixty four. So I was running the sixty four bit, but it was a single core two gigahertz with two gigs of RAM. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It had some graphics horsepower behind it, but it wasn't. Mm. It was like an ATI X600 mobile. Oh, yeah. Like like it was not a, a high-end chip. Um, yeah. And man. <laughs> I know. Well, everybody's been... I, I've seen the meme posted quite a few times already with the the good, bad, good, bad, good, bad yeah. Windows release. Um, you know, and... and <laughs> it's the old Intel I mean, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's the TikTok thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Windows... I, I mean, I wouldn't say Windows 8 was bad because 8... 8.1 was actually not that bad, uh, but 8 was not great. Uh, but Windows 10 was great, so we were. If, if the pattern continues, 11's probably not going to be that great. But yep. Hey, you know what? 
there's always a chance for them to uh, to to break that streak. So who knows? Um, you know, as long as long as because I'm I know a lot of people have like, oh hey, look, the the start menu is in in the middle now. Right. I don't know if I like that so much. You know, for what they're trying to do, uh, I do like the start menu in the middle. Mm. Um, I'm still kind of getting used to the uh, um, uh, the new start menu. Yeah, uh, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but it it's it's not overly foreign either. Um, right. So I will say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm still trying, but. For a touch interface uh, for the GPD Win 3, rather than mm-hmm. trying to get your finger into the very corner of the screen, being mm-hmm. able to touch it near right. the center oh, of okay. the bottom. The center, it makes more sense. So yeah. much easier. Um, well, it, it is, yeah. Well, for my understanding, anyway, because like this is the, the mistake they made with Windows 8, is they had the, the menu pop up full screen mm-hmm. because they were trying to integrate. You know, desktop with tablet, with tablet and phone. Yeah, and, so so in yeah, phone, everything trying like to that. unify like a, everything. Unify everything, right? But people who were desktop users hated it. They just absolutely hated it. It's like yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to take up my. They even yes, put that but, in the server release. Right. Server twenty twelve yeah. is one of the most unusable piles. Oh of god, crap. I hate it. I know. I we still have some machines here at work. That yeah, I, I, uh, I know. I did when I left. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't but, have but any that, anymore. But the huge mistake that they had was when they released it, they didn't have an option to go back to the classic, yeah, you know, uh, menu or or something resembling the classic menu. People had to actually, you know, make third-party tools, and it wasn't until like 8.1 yeah. that they said, okay, you can have an option to switch between the two. It looks like now with 11, you can switch it right out of the box yes. to say, I don't want the middle menu. I want it back. Yeah. You normal. can change the orientation. You can't yeah. change the location though. You can't put it on the side. You can't put it on the top anymore. And oh, really? there were some instances where I actually kind of liked the taskbar off to the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not an option anymore. You cannot move the taskbar. I've never so. been, I never really liked that myself, but I mean, I know several people who did. Right. And, and to have that option there is always nice. Yeah. And the fact that you can't do it, uh, you know, there, every time Windows makes a release and they they uh, break other people's preferences, there's always going to be a third party tool out there to uh, replace it and get you know yeah make some money from people who want that back. Yep. Uh, anyway, Microsoft ruffled some feathers, shall we say, with some mm-hmm. of the hardware requirements um, for Windows 11, making uh, TPM or Trusted Platform Module 2.0, a mandatory requirement of Windows 11 installation. They also significantly narrowed the scope of CPUs that were allowed to have Windows 11 installed, Uh, notably limiting it to 8th gen or newer Intel CPUs and Zen Plus or higher uh, Ryzen CPUs. So like, if you didn't build a system in the last three years, you're SOL. Yeah, that that doesn't seem to make much sense, and and I I actually have an opinion in which it does. Okay, uh, I know that a lot of people. Heck, I still have like some some my main machine still runs Windows. Well, I think I just put Windows Seven on it not that long ago. <laughs> I mean, I I do have some older old because it's older hardware. I don't want to put like a modern operating system on some old hardware that's just emulating some you know right. MAME stuff. It doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. 
especially when it just boots up and goes to full screen into into the Retro interface anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. my, my, yeah. my main machine runs Windows 7 simply for the absolutely no bloat loads straight me into RetroArch and I don't want anything yeah. else. And yeah, it's not yeah, connected exactly. to the internet. No, uh, I have it blacklisted yeah. in my router so it, it can't get out if it wants to. But it has right. network connectivity inside my house. I can FTP new files to it if I need yeah. to and works great. Right, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So I know that, I don't know exactly why they would have the limit for the like last, I mean, like a, a Gen 7 Intel should easily be able to run it, right? I know why. What is that? In the Windows 11 presentation, out mm -hmm. of all of the garbage and the Pinterest-like recipe presentation that that was, Hey, so tell us about Windows 11. Well, back when I was seven years old, my parents owned this old farmhouse, and one of my greatest memories was sitting in the old barn in the hay and looking up at the clock. Just tell me the recipe, dang it. I know. I like, know. that's oh, what the God. presentation was, and God, you irritated the living crap out of me. Oh, God. Okay, you um, don't know. That's the, that's the biggest pet peeve. Me and my wife talk about this all the time, because when we're looking for recipes, this is, <laughs> this is total aside. We'll find like, okay, I want to make X, right? So I go look it up. What's the recipe? And it's like, oh, there's there's a very first result. Let's click on that. And then it tells you the story behind everything. And you got to scroll down, yeah. like almost all to the bottom. There's the recipe at the bottom. No, I yeah. want the recipe at the top to know if I have everything that I need to right. make this. Do I have to go right. to the store and get it? I don't want to know. Back when I was a young woman in Tuscany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to know how this food made you feel after you ate it. I don't yeah. care. I just want to know what how to make it yeah there's still some websites that do that but there's a lot that just oh my god yeah, why do you do that they, and they do that because you have to scroll down and then they start serving you, up ads, you get ads every scroll third down. paragraph yeah right. but i got raspberry uh, pie hole so right, screw those right. guys yep um anyway i i think i know the reason why windows limited the cpu viability of windows 11 it's because during the presentation in and out of the stories of uh, being young and growing up rich. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they they said this phrase a couple of different times. This is the most secure version of Windows we've ever made. Oh, okay. They said I see where that you're a going. couple of times. Mm -hmm. Remember, Spectre and Meltdown yes. are kind of that's big a, deals yes, as that's far true. as performance and security true. goes. And so do we... Do we kneecap older CPUs on performance when we're asking more out of the the silicon than we than we ever have before? Not that an i7 7700K would have any problems running Windows 11, but maybe an i an i3 7100 would, maybe a Pentium mm -hmm. G3050 mm -hmm. would, you know. Yeah. Um so would we rather kneecap what we want the operating system to be? Or would we rather have it as secure as we can possibly make it without having a full unified product stack? Right. We we don't control the hardware. We're not vertically right. integrated like like Apple. And yeah. one of Apple's claims to fame and also major irritants is mm -hmm. the T2 chip, is is the encryption chip that if you swap hardware out, sorry, your Mac is now a You're brick. You're screwed. Oh um, gosh, yeah. No, that's that's it's infuriating. Right. It it's to an end user, it's terrible. From a security yeah. standpoint, it's fantastic. Um, and so there's there's two sides to look at it from. If you're Microsoft and and you know that your hardware partners 
for years and years and years and gen- and with many many generate like a decades worth of silicon mm-hmm. um have massive security vulnerabilities specifically with virtual machines and sandbox environments right. and you want to move is, your operating is, system over yeah. to virtual machine driven and sandbox environments mm-hmm. yep and you want to secure it would you not exclude the older cpus by policy by default not not necessarily with the option to like not install it uh because they're just registry tweaks it's it's, yes i know it's if less than don't install if greater than yes install. like i said like people will find workarounds for it. no no problem right yeah the tech savvy will find workarounds yeah and so and so there's already workarounds there's already videos out there of here's how you can uh dsim the the image straight the installer straight in because Shocker, it works on the Windows deployment service using DSIM. Mm-hmm. Uh, or here's how you can do this. Here's how you can do that to the registry yep. or group policy or whatever else and get the result that you want, which is installing mm-hmm. it onto whatever hardware you want. Right. But yeah. by default, Microsoft is saying, these are our requirements. You need to meet this because we're mm-hmm. tightening down our security. Yeah. Uh, I can't see that as a bad thing. I have a... I know it's going to leave some people in the dust, but... Those people that are left in the dust have until 2025 to keep using Windows 10. This is not like yes. a, a, a one-year right. cutoff or a one-year band No, I know. It's, there's still four and a half years to go before Windows 10 is is end of life. And, and if I know a lot of people who especially get used to their operating system and whatnot, they're not quick adopters. They're slow adopters. And there's still people who like, I love Windows 7 and I'm not upgrading no matter what type of, you know. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, there's people out there that just absolutely love it. They don't. They don't. They don't want us upgrade at all. Have you ever read through a YouTube comment section on a video? Uh, several times, <laughs> because, actually. Because because I still have people <laughs> complaining that I'm only benchmarking on Windows 10. Why don't you benchmark like, on Windows 7? Well, number one, DX12. Well, you could run uh, 12 on 7, and you could you could totally. Re- yes, I understand. The problem is you suck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, I know. People just don't want to. Pro- I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand. You get used to something. You don't want to learn something new. Uh, but I think for the most part, Windows, how it functions, it doesn't really change much version to version. I mean, I understand visually they might change where things are located. In fact, that's mainly when they release new versions of things. Is the frustration is like, yeah, that feature didn't disappear. They just moved it to some other place. Mm-hmm. It's just like you got to go dig for it now. Yeah. Or, or it's it's over here instead of over there. Yeah. That's Office is notorious for that, especially when they introduced the whole ribbon menu thing. Oh Ugh. god. <laughs> oh, like I memorized where everything was, up. and then they bought ribbons up. It's like where is? How, how, how do I, I paste? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the hell? Where are my fonts? Yeah. Exactly. Where did everything go? Oh, yeah. everything's. Oh my god. Yeah. Let alone trying to navigate Excel with that shit. Oh God, yeah. Oh my. Ugh. Well, I I I did a lot of VBA scripting with Excel uh, for a lot of people mm-hmm. to to fill in gaps that they just did not want to do. <laughs> yeah. It was it was yeah it's funny. Mm. So I'm finally trying. Oh, kudos to Skull, who uh, actually picked up that I poured a new beer without me even saying anything. Good job, Skull. Um, talk about uh, uh, the cherry flavor. 
Um, this is not disappointing, but it's not super cherry flavored. I definitely taste it there. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of has a little bit of a, you know, tinny flavor, like it's been sitting in the can for a little too long. Mm-hmm. But it's roasty, and it's definitely got some cherry flavor to it. Nice. So I'll give it that. It's a good sipper. You can taste cherries, and they're not. I can taste awful. cherry. It's not awful. <laughs> okay. It's not. Okay. It's not horrible. If I were to do like an untapped rating, I'd probably give it like a three five or something like that. It's pretty good, but not like oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, uh, you and I rate pretty similarly. I know John. John tends to be a little bit more generous than I do. Um, yeah. Like, like he goes, well, what's an average beer? Well, like three and a half. I said no. Like average is like two and a half. Two five. Two, two and a half. Five, is right. the middle. It's That's in the, the middle. middle. Yeah. That's average. Yeah. That's I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's an average yeah. beer. John John will go like I could drink it. It's a three two five. It's like no, I could drink it as a two point two five. Yeah, I, I'd prefer to drink something else as a two point oh, and anything that I don't want to drink again is below two. Yeah. Like that's how I rate. Um, yeah, if 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 I get something that like okay that exceeds my expectations slightly, yeah, then I give it a three five. It blows me away. I'll give it a four if it like makes me you know just orgasm or if, something if, if it makes it like me see the, if it makes me yeah. see the face of god it's if, a four seven if it makes my knees weak or whatever <laughs> right. like i can't stand anymore yeah uh then uh, then i'll give it higher than a four but yeah right. if, if i just drink it i'm like oh but this above is just, four it's like, very rare for me yeah no i'll i'll do i'll do four i'll, I'll do uh, four oh i'll do fours four yeah is pretty above rare. four is very rare yeah. yeah four four has to be exceptional mm-hmm. to go above four uh but uh yeah it's like two five is like if i drink it and it's like well this just tastes like every yeah. every other thing and i'm like okay, like like i think john rate. rated uh just the standard pirate stout at like a 425 and it's like it's a really good stout it's a yes. really good stout i gave I, it a, i would give that a 4 i, I gave it a 375 where it's like oh, you have a three, seven, it's five? great yeah. it, it's a yeah. it's a great if it's on the shelf i will absolutely buy it if it's on tap mm-hmm. you know i'm going to get at least a taster yeah it's like it's one of those beers but there are other beers that are far more enjoyable, and three seven five yeah. is is a solid B plus rating. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest about what that is. Um, I save the four point five rating for the Governor's Reserve. Yeah, <laughs> like Where you there's the, a you higher the, the, tier to that tier. stuff. Yeah, there's a higher tier. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. And I'm sorry, I grade on a curve. <laughs> no, I, I I completely understand that, and, and I also I also am very judgmental about labels like if they say mm-hmm. a particular ingredient is in a beer coconut and and i drink it and i can't taste it yep that's that that's a notch down yeah uh because like that you put that prominently on your on your can to sell it and if i can't taste it that's a detriment not not a bonus so i mean i can make a beer and i can say like hey i put strawberries in it and i put three strawberries in there yeah I could technically say I put strawberries in the beer, but if you can't taste it, it's not. Well, you know when John puts strawberries in his beer. Well, you you know that because you <laughs> drink it and there's a whole strawberry in there. <laughs> Had to sneak it in. Yeah. Uh, uh, we did miss some super chats, so my apologies. Uh, Robert, quite a while ago, said, destroyed Microsoft's compatibility check with free open source alternative. Feels good. Excellent. Um, I haven't... I, I knew that they that someone had kind of like bypassed the compatibility check tool so you could upgrade um which is kind of cool but i i hadn't checked it out for myself yet although i do have iso images install images for windows 11 x64 and windows 11 arm 64 oh really 
Now, has I haven't looked yet because I, I do have uh, an MSDN subscription mm-hmm. through work and whatnot. I haven't looked because it's in beta right now. I don't even want to tempt myself to to download it. Do they still have an uh, uh, X32 uh, no, version? X32 is dead. Okay, good. For freaking uh, finally. Finally, yeah, I was gonna say it's about time. Thirty-two have... should have died with Vista. Yeah, I know it should have. From XP to Vista, they should yeah. have gone. We're going sixty-four. Yeah. Because every chip that came off the 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 plant, with the exception of bit. like the Atom N two seventy and a couple of Celeron chips and and whatnot. Every single one of them had AMD 64 instruction sets. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking uh, Core 2 Duo was the de facto standard in 2007. Yep. Every single chip off the line had had 64-bit instruction sets that yep. were standardized on the AMD yep. 64 set. Well, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that it was the hardware. It was the software. The software wasn't you, there you yet. Know it was, but I've also no, said at some no, point, it was this was this was right. the third party software. People who developed applications and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, and and this was this this is a a thing in our shop specifically, uh, because we still had a lot of sixteen uh, uh, bit applications that were essential for running day to day, and and Windows XP they, they, ended up getting support through two thousand fifteen. Like yes, you yeah, didn't but, have but to upgrade to Vista. No, but but like 16-bit instruction set for for applications right. won't work in 64-bit. They, Correct. They won't. They didn't. They didn't create a thunking layer that went that far. Right. Um, <laughs> they they would do. They would do 32 16-bit to 32. They did the thunking layer. Yeah. Uh, for that, but they didn't do all the way up, which I'm probably it would it would. I don't know why they didn't, but I don't think it would have been good. It probably would have been just like really tanked performance. I would think. Yeah. But um. They just ended up dropping it, and and it. I think it drived uh, a lot of development to say, okay, we can't use this software anymore, so we got to develop new software for it, and that's what we ended up doing. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was, I think, probably the main reason why they kept it for so long is because there was a lot of legacy software, especially since uh, you know a lot of private shops that had their own, um, you know. Uh, um, legacy stuff that they developed mm-hmm. that were essential for day-to-day work that just wouldn't work in 64-bit. So yeah. that's and, probably why. And while that's a fair point, if you allow those companies to just use the same version for the next 14 years, yeah, there's no incentive to change. Right. And and I found this on a well on a personal security. and right. Security, yeah. If if you have users who give a crap about security. Yes, that's true. Because I give a crap about security. Yeah. Uh, when I when I had my job, I gave a large crap about security. Yeah, but you you're gonna have your mom and pop, you know, you know, but, little but no, P- no, no. POS sales that's on, based on an old um, OS that runs an old 16 bit. Like they're gonna keep that thing for as long as they can because. So so we had an instance of a business department that was operating with QuickBooks 2007, and they didn't want to spend the $400 to upgrade to a newer version because, well, we might not be able to import the QBook. It's like, bullcrap, yeah, you, you can't. Like, you, you can't, you will be. You yes, just don't want to. You're yeah. comfortable. You don't want to move out of your yeah. comfort zone. And yeah. QuickBooks 2007 is a 32-bit application um, with 16-bit instruction set, which means yeah. you can't run it on a 64-bit operating system. Right. Right. Um, 
Well, when they got Windows 7 desktops, which were all 64-bit by our mm-hmm. mandate, mm-hmm. Uh, they had to keep around a laptop running Windows XP so they could access QuickBooks 2007 so they could do the books. Uh, when I left in 2020, they still had that laptop. Oh, they still had it working? <laughs> yes. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. No. Yes. I, I, yeah. I, I know. So I if, know. If, you, if you give the users, if you take away the incentive to stay, if, if you take away like, right. you, this is no longer compatible. You have mm-hmm. to move. They'll right. move. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you have to force security onto them because yeah. security in, in, in the mind of a bookkeeper, like I make sure I don't leave my purse in the car and I make sure that, that mm-hmm. my checkbook is, 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 you know, at home on my desk and I make sure right. of these other things, but hackers, I, I don't know what, you know, all I know is I got invoice.pdf.exe from a from a vendor I've never heard of, but apparently we owe them seventeen thousand dollars. So I went ahead and wired it. Oh, and by the way, yeah. I can't open any of my documents now. Oh, what what the heck happened? Right, yeah. it, it says I need to log into Onion or or Tor or the Onion or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Because you had to run QuickBooks two thousand seven, and so. Yeah. There's some give and take, both from the development standpoint and from the enterprise standpoint of sometimes you have to force a change. Yes. No, I, I, I completely understand that. Like pushing people over the precipice. Right. Sometimes people need that push. They On need three. that. One, yeah, two, two <laughs> three, go. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Throw, throw them in. I said <laughs> I on three, swim, not after in. three, which means you're not going to hear three. <laughs> yeah. That That is my new mantra. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, a couple more super chats. Let me let me rapid fire these. Denver sure. uh, uh, i9-7980XE. By the way, it was i7-7980XE. Uh, uh, not powerful enough for Windows 11. That's why they're going for $400. Actually, I've been thinking about picking one of those up to put in one of my old X299 boards because that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, last I looked, they were still at like the 550 mark. So $400, I, I may all of a sudden be a buyer. Uh, UTP 216, $5 donation. Thank you so much. Uh, I was a little sad. My first gen Ryzen 7 1800X isn't going to be supported in Windows 11. Thanks for the show, guys. Uh, you can still install it. And in fact, Microsoft announced today they are going to investigate the viability of Zen 1 CPUs and 7th gen Intel CPUs. Um, that's good. So, yeah. Remember, Meltdown did affect, uh, some first-generation Zen products in a very niche way and likely not in the field repeatable way, but the vulnerability was still there. And if Windows is trying to combat security issues inside the OS and and implement TPM and, and all this other stuff, um, yeah, uh, I, I understand why they didn't. Now, mm-hmm. I understand why you're upset as well, but at the same time, you can get a 2700X, which is a pretty substantial upgrade from an 1800X, uh, for what 199, 179, and it'll plug straight into your 300 series board. So not a bad, and in fact, you might even be able to get a 3000 series chip. Uh, a 3600X would wipe the floor with your 1800X, believe it or not. Even though it's only six cores, those six cores are a lot faster than your eight core. Um, so think about that. Think think about the the potential of upgrading, even though you only have a 300 series board. Just make sure it's compatible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, Mac, Matt McInnes, $5 donation. Thank you, Matt. Uh, hey, Talking Heads crew, replacing a 3900X. Should I go with X99 uh, with a 2699 V3 or go X299 with those cheap 7th gen i9s? Uh, go with X299 if you're thinking about going that route with the 7980XE like we just mentioned up above. Mm-hmm. Um, 18 cores, 32 threads, uh, and and significantly newer than the fifth generation. Uh, gosh, I don't even remember what architecture that was. There was Haswell, and then there was something else. I think it's technically Haswell. Um, but if you can get to seventh generation, if you can get to... Uh, Crap, I'm drawing a blank on I can't remember either. Skylight. <laughs> it's like, uh, there was Devil, Devil, was those in Devil's no, Lake? De- no, Devil's Canyon was mobile. Devil's Canyon, that's what it was. Yeah. Devil something, yeah. That, that was mobile. Um, yeah, no, I, I would totally go with the, the 7980XE over an, uh, 2699V3. Um, 2699V3 is a fine chip, but if you have the choice to spend $250 on a 29, 2099, 2699 v3 or 400 on a 7980xe 7980xe all day long uh far faster memory support uh newer instruction sets pretty much the peak of what intel was with 14 nanometer tech they they never got any better uh for some reason the 9980xe is still like 800 dollars on the used market while the 7980xe which is 200 megahertz away from the exact same chip is uh, <laughs> is is only 400 bucks so yeah uh, uh my other question is why are you pl- replacing a 3900x and going to an older intel platform i'm curious about that because the 3900x 12 cores on 7 it's nanometer still pretty nice it's still pretty nice 12 cores yeah. on 7 nanometer That's... kicks the living hell out of the 18 core like it does <laughs> you're going to go down in single threaded performance and you might tie in multi-threaded performance so i'm curious to know why the jump why why the the downgrade so uh aau five dollar donation thank you uh, i'm assuming a basketball fan Ha ha ha. Drinking Allagash, uh, Trippel, Belgian, Golden Ale with passion fruit and honey. Is the Pacific Northwest oh. hot enough for you yet? Actually, we significantly cooled down today. I think we peaked oh, yeah. at 82. Yeah. And, no, so, uh, the, so when we had that heat wave, we got up to, uh, I don't know what it was in Salem, but it was pretty hot. 117. I think we were at 115 because I'm a little bit north of you. But yeah, yeah we were um, relatively close. So, so up until uh, this weekend, 115 was the highest recorded temperature in the state of Oregon ever. Yeah. Uh, so Woodburn area where you're at tied it. Uh, mm. Salem area exceeded it. Yep. But we also got beat the same day. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think 119 is now the new record. Uh, I, I did see a, uh, a 118, but I think 119 is the official record somewhere from an official record keeper. Um, but the previous high temperature in Salem was 108. So we beat it by nine degrees. That's, that's a substantial. That's, that's not a a beating. That's, that's a runaway victory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I stayed relatively cool because my house has a daylight basement. I have a daylight basement. 
Yes, you it do was, too. Uh, uh, normally it's 68 in here. God, it was sweltering at 71. Just like, oh, kill me oh, now. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't. I just didn't go outside. It's yeah. Like, no. Eh, whatever. Uh, we said after eight a.m. the doors stay closed, and and on yeah. Sunday, we just didn't open the doors. Um, I I did walk out at four p.m. just to go. This is the hottest temperature I've ever been in. Oh yeah. Like, like I, I, I I've been in Texas uh, in yeah. one hundred and eight degree heat. I've been in yeah. Oregon in one hundred and eleven, and yeah. whatnot. And it's like I have to know what one seventeen feels like. And I I I walked out on my patio and I closed the door behind me. And I walked to the end of the of the the walkway, and I went, "Yeah, it's hot as balls." Yeah, and I walked I back I, in. <laughs> I did. I did the exact same thing too. It's like I have. I mean, I don't want to let the cold air out, but I'm going to go walk outside because I have to experience this heat. And uh, yep, sure enough, it was like I'd walk around for a little bit, and I'd be like, "You know what? I'm starting to sweat. I don't like this. I'm going to get back inside." Yep. yep. And and I I still remember to this day because like here it's very rare for the Pacific Northwest to experience those high temperatures. We, very very rare. We will once or twice a year flirt with a hundred. Yes, flirt. So this is very very rare. Um, but I we, we I did do have remember... we did have it wasn't last year it was two years ago mm-hmm. we did have like four days in a row that were above a hundred we had like a hundred one yeah. and hundred four and that was rare too yeah. and that was like a once in a lifetime type experience. Um, yeah. So, but no, we just had three days over 110. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was crazy. Right. And, and I remember visiting, because my brother for a while lived in uh, the Phoenix area in Arizona. And I remember going to visit them and just thinking it's weird. Phoenix shouldn't we would drive... exist. Yeah, I know it shouldn't. <laughs> we would drive around <laughs> and it was sunny outside, of course, because it's Phoenix. Right. And... Uh, I'm like looking it outside. It is a desert, Stephen. I understand this. <laughs> but the fact, I mean, we're in a controlled environment because we're in the car, but I'm looking outside in the sunny weather and there's literally nobody outside. I mean, you, you see nobody outside. Yeah. And that's very different from here yeah. because during the summer months when it's sunny outside, everybody is yeah, out. Yeah, the, the sidewalks like are packed. Packed. People just want to be outside yeah. because... Yeah. Uh, the majority of the year, it's just dark and gray. It's just n- kind of not great. So yeah. when we have the summer, our summer months are magical. Yeah, we we, just... we have seven to eight months of partly sunny to downpour, uh, yeah. and and like sixty or lower. Like that's yeah. that's seven ish months of the year. Yeah. Um, we have about a month of give and take where we'll be in like the low seventies. Yeah. Uh, and it it can last into October or it can start in April. Like, yeah. like you can give or take one of those. Yeah. Never both. Just one. If you, if you love the gray, then, then right. Oregon is where you want to be. Um, we, we lure Californians up here with the promise of glorious livable summers. Yes. Uh, and then, then we slam the door on them where they're cutting their wrists by February just mm-hmm. to see color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I mean, if I got be, really morbid. <laughs> no, no, to be fair, uh, people people actually go to the Oregon coast during the fall and winter months. I love going to the Oregon just coast to, in February. Just to storm watch. Just because it's it's, 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 it's it's turgid and gray. Like this, the water is churning because mm-hmm. there's storms out there. And it, you, you, you want to get yourself a nice thick pea coat and a pipe yep. and, a, and a captain's hat. And then wait for the wind to pick up and go on a bluff and just stand there and smoke your pipe and just like, yeah, just sit there and be like, yeah, that that's yep. 
people go there to do that. Yeah, no, uh, uh, my <laughs> wife and I, uh, so I worked IT, uh, which means most of my holidays were spent doing maintenance work uh, mm -hmm. for the last 13 years. And uh, so my vacation months became October and February. Yeah. Because there ain't no holidays. There's nothing going on that's overly important. It's not end yeah. of quarter. It's not end of fiscal year. It's not this. It's not mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, they were both months that I could get away for a week at a time, turn my cell phone off, and know that nothing was going to die. Right. Um, which I couldn't say about really any other month. Uh, and we either had massive massive installations and deployments over holiday times or whatever else, you know, when the offices emptied out yeah, or, yeah. or we had, uh, you know, busy work times where it's like the offices are cranking out and, and we're overtaxing the file server and something may die. Um, but then you had October and you had February and those months were magical. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, so me and my wife, we used, I used to take a week off pretty much every February and we'd go to the coast and we would Stormwatch. Uh, yeah. and, and it's, and it's fun. Yeah. Uh, we, we'd rent a beach house in Cannon beach and we'd, we'd sit there, you know, I'd sip on scotch and she'd have a wine and whatnot. And we would just watch the storms roll in. Oh and, yeah. That's, and, that's... and the sneaker waves hitting over the rocks. And it's like, it was awesome. When we, we talk about, uh, when Skyrim, and we just talked about how when Skyrim, when Skyrim first came out, this is about 10 years ago then. Yeah. So, cause like, uh, my birthday is in November. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. Uh, I had, I had when Skyrim first came out, I bought it. We we went and spent like a week out at the coast. I took my PC with me. I sat there and uh, played Skyrim, watched storms, and drank beer. And it was probably one of my favorite birthdays ever, because that's that's all we did. <laughs> we just kind of like hung out inside because we 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 got uh, a house right on the edge of. Um, Cannon Beach. So, for people who don't know what Cannon Beach is, uh, you might know Goonies, the the movie Goonies, where they had the rock right there. That's Cannon Beach. Um, and uh, the place we stayed was like right there, and they had a big picture window overlooking into the beach area. And I set my computer up right next to it, and we got growlers from the local brewery over there. And drank beer and just storm watched. It's great. And played games. Man. Uh, and, awesome. and from Cannon Beach, uh, it's one of the, the best beaches in Oregon um, because you can see for miles out into the ocean and, and, and down the bluffs and everything else. Mm -hmm. And when we say, like, watch the storms roll in, it will be a sunny blue sky and you will literally see this cloud formation as a wall. Rolling in. Just yeah. roll in over the top of the ocean. Yeah. And... Uh, and you can see the waves kicking up and you can see the, the rain wall as it moves through. Yep. And, and then three hours later, it does the opposite where, where it's like all of a sudden it's brighter behind it. And that brightness kind of turns to blue and then, and then kind of rolls back. And what's even better is when it's at sunset. And so you get, get, you know, all the orange and yellows and whatnot blending mm -hmm. behind it. And then that storm clears right in the evening. It's like, Oh, it's oh, yeah. There's a reason why we call, it the coast and not the beach yeah it's the coast we we go there to experience the coast not to play on the beach right <laughs> because the beach for the most part is pretty miserable unless you're there in the summertime yeah uh, uh you go there to experience the atmosphere and and the the grandeur 
of the uh, of the weather and everything like that that comes with it. Yep. Uh, Eugene says Cannon Beach is great. Uh, awesome breweries there too. Uh, don't count yeah. out Cannon Beach Distillery either. Yeah. They make a mighty fine uh, gin and a pretty darn good whiskey. Pelican is not too far from there either, which That's right. makes makes my absolute favorite barley wine of all time. And about 30 miles up the road, you've got Astoria and Fort George. Yes, that's right. Fort George is awesome. Which mm-hmm. you got the three-way IPA right there. Yep. Yep. Cannon Beach is great. Yep. I'm usually there at least once or twice a year. Yep. Either Seaside or Cannon Beach. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, you know, I think I think this is we're we're approaching on uh, ten o'clock, and we've only got like what three stories in, four stories in, not even that. This is right. the this is this is the slowest progression of a Talking right. Heads episode we've ever been on. Yeah, but I think it's been good conversation though. So. No, no, I think it's been great actually. Uh, and, so I don't and, mind uh, skipping a few few random. No, stories. I don't care either. We yeah. we, we totally can. I don't know if we wanted to do any beer news or anything like that, or... Uh, I, uh, well, number one, I, I read the headlines, and I think I read through one article. Uh, what did you read through as far as the beer news goes? Because maybe maybe that'll be a good transition. We can do some beer news, uh, and then we'll do some y- rapid-fire tech. Y- you know, <laughs> there wasn't really anything... Uh, the, the only thing that kind of piqued my interest a little bit, and it's, it's only because we talked about it previously uh, on a Talking Hits. I don't remember if it was me or John. But um, there was the Brew Dogs Prize, where they're supposed to give out a solid gold can of beer, and uh, the winner of that can of beer uh, was <laughs> actually took it and analyzed it, and it, it, even though they said it was worth fifteen uh, fifteen thousand pounds, I guess in the article it says it's pounds, uh, that it's actually not completely made of solid gold it's actually mostly brass yep um and it's gold plated so even though it's uh claims it's worth fifteen thousand dollars that monetary uh, is not from the actual gold that's in the can it's probably worth that much because they say it's worth that much yeah (laughs) not necessarily from the gold so kind of a bit of a bummer. I didn't really read the whole article about it, but I thought that that was probably the most interesting one. Uh, he had another thing about PBR making a 1,776 pack of beer. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Who wants to drink that much PBR? Yeah. But. Uh, I don't yeah. know if there's any entertainment news you want to cover. Uh, there is one major piece of news that I want to cover for entertainment. Right. It's the first one. Oh, yes, yes, because yes. Because I commented on a YouTube video where this flute was present and he ignored it. No. Oh. And I no. am, I am Travesty. furious. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me, let me look up that video really quick. Uh, okay. Uh, bu- 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 There we go. Okay. So, uh, Adam Savage on oh, testing, right. yes. yeah. uh, recently got to meet the, one of the original Indiana Jones hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is one of his fedoras. This was mm-hmm. from, I want to say 
um Raiders or it was Raiders, yes. Okay. This is one of the Raiders hats. Um so it wasn't Young Indy and it wasn't wasn't Temple of Doom. It, this is okay. Raiders. This is this is 80s. This is right. like 1980. Yeah. And it wasn't Last Crusade and it certainly wasn't whatever the hell 4 was. Oh god. <laughs> I've memory hold that already. Don't don't bring it up again. <laughs> he survived a nuclear blast by jumping into a fridge. Oh, just die already. That was that wasn't the worst part of that movie. I know Come it wasn't. <laughs> That's when I stopped paying attention. Yeah, I know. It turned um, my mind off. Anyway, Adam Savage recently uh, had a visit with an original Raiders of the Lost Ark hat. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to this point right about here, and I went, wait, 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 what is that? Oh yeah, that's Picard's, Picard's flute. flute. <laughs> that's the flute from the Inner Light. Yeah, holy, I, I think that's the flute from Inner Light. And we scroll further in the video and you can see there's the Enterprise right there on an original script for the Inner Light. That's Picard's flute from Inner Light. Turn around. Pick that up. What museum was this that he was at? Right. Um, So I'm the second most popular comment on the YouTube video right now. (laughs) You're like, where is Adam? Oh my God, it's Indy's hat. Me. Move. You're blocking Picard's flute. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I, it's like, turn around. Yeah. Um, so I spotted it and I was one of the first people who spotted it. But, uh, for those who don't know, this is prop store of London who does, uh, many, many different auctions throughout the year. They do probably about four or five auctions throughout the year of rare props like Indiana Jones's hat uh, and they screen reference and will actually tell you exactly what frames this item was used in, if it was screen used, yep. if it was an extra, um, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so they validate everything. I mean, okay. I mean, down to like the frame of, of film that it's on. Uh, and so they're one of the most reputable auction houses as far as movie props and collectibles that right. you could possibly fathom. Um, fantastic company i guess you can call them uh but it's like you're standing two feet from picard's flute and you couldn't pick it up and show me adam (laughs) i thought we were bros play a little ditty come on just right yeah yeah you had 30 years of training on it i know you did come on yeah (laughs) um so i was one of the first to point it out uh but as it turns out uh let me find it there we go um, this is how I found out that it sold. So the, uh, can you even guess the estimated sale price of this at auction of Picard's flute? I mean, I can, because it's pulled up, right? It's pulled up. Okay. Me, so. so you already, <laughs> right. okay. I already know. I already know. Okay. Uh, in the chat, can you guys guess how much, um, keep, keep in mind, if you bought this thing, your lips will touch something that, Picard's lips, lips touched. Yeah, Picard's lips also touched. Right. So how much would that be worth to you? I would pay a lot for Picard's or for Patrick Stewart to spit <laughs> on me. I mean, there's there's probably a little bit of residual DNA there. You could technically dismantle this and have the right technology. You, you could clone. clone you could clone some Patrick. My Stewart's own little baby Patrick Stewart. That's right. You could. He could be I the mean, new baby Yoda. He could be. carry him around he a little be. ball baby, behind baby, me. Baby, baby Patrick Stewart. Yeah. 
soon as he, soon as he gets talking age, you can have him say "Make it so." Just like yeah. that's his catchphrase, you know. That'd yeah. Be cute. Um. So this particular item, the the flute itself, has a very interesting history. Um. We'll start with the sale price right now. The sale oh, price yeah. of this yeah. flute, uh. As tweeted out by TrekCore, and I do have the actual auction listing, which we'll take a look at in oh. a second. Uh, the TNG Resican Flute uh, from the Inner Light just sold at auction, including a 25% bidder fee. So by the way, when you're buying an item at auction in these auctions, it's not free. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the cost of the transaction is the onus of the buyer, not the seller. So this, yeah. ain't, this ain't your eBay where it's like, oh, they took 12% out of what I... Sold an item for. No, no, no. The seller gets the sale price, and then you pay the auction house 25% on top. It's big, yeah. It's a hit. Yeah. Um, but they get top dollar. Yeah. So this flute was estimated to sell for between fifty and seventy thousand dollars. That was the estimate. That was the estimate. Not what it actually sold as. It sold, including the auction uh bidder fee. For $237,000. Yes. Now, I think I think it wasn't just the flute, though. It was I the flute and the script. It was the flute and the script and, and the case. There was a case with yeah, it. Yeah, there's a case that goes yeah, with yeah. it. Um, and the script also includes Polaroids of the cast that was taken during uh, screen testing. Uh, so Picard has his like civilian outfit on his, his rags that he was wearing, uh, during that episode, they, they screen tested him, took a Polaroid and put it in, in the script. Um, and so there are notes, there are so many other things, but that's the script for the inner light. And that's the flute that Picard played. Yeah, I was waiting for the 12% comments on eBay. <laughs> I knew you had my back, Skull. Um, so, uh, this was lot number 242, Star Trek Next Generation, a TV series airing from 1987 to 1994. Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart's Resican Flute, Box, and Costume con uh, Continuity Script. Uh, so yeah, it's it's the continuity notes to for the uh, for the directors and producers to right. make sure that they are keeping the same costumes and right. and and makeup and effects from shot to shot as they as they go through. Um, so the winning bid was one hundred and ninety thousand dollars plus twenty five percent for auction fees. Mm -hmm. um, now it doesn't say it here, but I did look up some of the history for the Resican flute. Uh, the last time it sold at auction, it sold for $38,000, if my memory serves correctly. Well, that's some inflation right there. After it was estimated to sell for between three and $500. Dollars. <laughs> wow. I could have bought his flute. Well, see, here's the thing. The, the reason, okay. <laughs> the fact that they keep cr cranking out crappy Star Trek stuff that no one wants to watch. Well, I mean, I'm not getting whatever, but that just makes the old Star Trek stuff way more expensive now. It does. It makes it. It's. It's. If you got any old Star Trek memorabilia, Steve, I, I ask you this as a personal friend. Do yeah. you know a true TNG Trekkie? Uh, I a know, true I mean, TNG uh, Trekkie. <laughs> Define true. Uh, <laughs> the ones that I follow on Twitter. 
that eat, drink, live, breathe everything. No, I don't know anybody okay. like that. Okay. I know people who are very big fans, like you know me, you, and yeah. John. Obviously, very big fans. There are people who, yeah, we're very, we're very big fans. Obviously, yes. I have the Elkars border around me. Yes, like, I know. I obviously, understand. Obviously, we like right. this. Yes. Um, but uh, there are people out there, and like I am definitely interested in tech because of Star Trek: The Next right. Generation. Oh, several people have been. Right. Yes. Like, like there are so so many people who are who have devoted their lives to science, computer tech, software, whatever. Because of because not only just Star Trek, of, because of science fiction, because but, of but science Star Trek, fiction. But Star Trek personified that because it was a weekly yes entry into that a day in the life of the the future 24th century right of course um and so star trek is a big reason why i do what i do Mm -hmm. uh and i'd be lying if i said it wasn't uh but i don't and while i do collect some some props some replicas and and whatnot and and i watch through every series pretty much every single year uh i do too I am I'm not disappointed in it, but I'm, I still watch. Right, it. I I am also well. I I, I, I still like I look lower decks. Lower decks. Was I I start at season three for TNG. To be fair, so uh, okay, yeah, you're right. The you first have two seasons to. of TNG you was to. a very hard slog to get right. through, but but um, I can start at the emissary of DS9. Yeah, I can't. No, no, the the DS9 was was really good. I actually quite enjoyed um, Voyager. For I the really like Voyager too. Yeah, right. first few seasons of Voyager were great. They've got uh, some. Voyager has some fantastic episodes in the first couple of seasons. Yeah, including uh, the the holodeck program in that Tuvok programmed to train Starfleet security just in case the Maquis decided to mutiny. Yeah, like and and then Seska uh, ended up like sabotaging the program to take over the ship uh, post mortem. Right. <laughs> It's a great episode. It, it's it's probably the best episode that you can possibly get that is holodeck gone wrong. It 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 definitely started, Moriarty need it, not apply. It started waning definitely at Voyager. Like TNG was like it had a bad ramp at the beginning, but yes. TNG obviously three through really seven got great. solid. Got great is great, great, great. Yeah. DS Nine also great. Good storytelling. Yeah. Voyager was was good, but it started waning towards the end voyager was a little hit and mess there yeah. was i mean um at the end of tng you understood that data was more human and more evolved than he was at the beginning of the show yeah. you knew Worf right. was a different person than he was from the beginning of the well, show to the end and and that's what that's what voyager had but uh, well that's what voyager get, once, did once, so once, once kess kess was gone uh they put seven of nine in there and yeah. then she became that person who would be like, okay, I'm this Borg person who's not progressing. I'm as a I'm going to grow as, as a an individual. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So you, you need that type of person. The person uh, with the most growth was the freaking hologram. Yeah, okay, yes, definitely. The Robert doctor. Picardo, the, the doctor, doctor yes. Was, character was name. Probably the best in... in uh, He's the actually. best part of Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, probably, yes, absolutely. In fact, didn't they... Didn't they put him in uh, the Orville? They had him in a couple of, an episode of Orville too. I thought they did. I I don't remember. That. He wasn't he wasn't as the doctor, but I think he he showed up. Yeah. Oh. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, somebody said Red Letter Media. Yeah, Mike, Mike from Red Letter Media is like a big, big yeah. Mike and and Rich Evans. I I follow a big couple of people on guys. Twitter because they're interesting and because they always have an interesting take on whatever episode they're watching at the time, which is constant. Uh, have like devoted their entire identity around yeah. what Star Trek means to them. Right. Um. There's uh. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even I don't even want to call out names. I, I don't want to get anyone followed or hate mailed or anything mm-hmm. like that for for disingenuous purposes. But I, I follow uh, quite a few people who cosplay on the regular who mm-hmm. uh, it's like, well, I just finished Voyager, so I'm going back to TNG again <laughs> and, and whatnot. It's like 90s Trek till I die. Oh, um, yeah. No, like I, like, mean, I, I watch it like once a year and and that's enough. Yeah. And 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 it's on here while I'm doing other things and I'm not fully paying attention, but I love I love the atmosphere, I love the environment that it is. These are people who like come home and watch like six episodes a night, and then when they're yeah. done running through everything, they go back to episode one and start it all over again. I've I've actually been uh slowly going through uh now this is kind of a little bit obscure, but I've only been doing this because my four year old son is actually kind of into it a little bit when i put it on yeah is the original star trek animated series from the oh, 70s really yeah i started watching that because i had never seen it before and it had the original cast voicing the original characters. voice actors right original voice actors back were on to there. the voice actors <laughs> no, no, no ai no ai <laughs> at this point but uh uh i i, I was i wanted to watch it and yeah. i seen a few of them before like through youtube and stuff like that and mm-hmm. they were very cheesy i mean they were very very cheesy but i wanted to go back and and watch them all there's only two seasons and they're they're only like maybe about 15 episodes a piece i think they're not not yeah too terribly long it's not terribly long no yeah um and they're only half hour a piece like 20 minutes uh so i was watching it but then my son was like really really getting into it and we'd talk about is that a spaceship are they going down to the planet? What are they doing in the planet? What are they doing? It's not like I'm talking him through it. And he's like really getting into it. So I'm like, okay, let's keep this going. So every yeah. time he gets interested, I'm going to start, let's go watch a Star Trek episode. Let's go watch this. And so maybe he'll get into the Star Trek stuff and maybe we'll, we'll start watching Star Trek Next Generation together. Once he starts hitting five or six, we'll like, okay, let's do uh, some Deep Space Nine. Let's go do some, you know, that's going to be fun. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that because it's, it's, re-exploring it for me as well because i get to see it through his eyes in a new way uh but man yeah yeah (laughs) don't pay attention to the chat steve sorry it's fine it's fine (laughs) go about your business yeah these aren't the droids you're looking for right uh Anyway, we were trying to get through more news, not not stall on that. But anyway, right? No, I know we did. We did. The 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 we knew as soon as we hit hit any kind of Star Trek talk, it would end with Star Trek talk. Right. Pretty the much. The flute from the inner light from Star Trek: The Next Generation just sold for two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars. Right. And that just goes to show you the influence of Star Trek. Yes. Right? And. As much as I want to like the new Star Trek stuff, it still kind of pales in comparison to the previous 
stuff that we watched in the yeah. in the nineties. I'm sorry, it just is. I, it, it's not capturing for me personally. I, I I like like I just said before, I like lower decks uh, because it's different than all the rest. They're they're trying to be their own thing, and they're kind of like doing some parody with with Star Trek, and I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. More lighthearted. Yes. I get that. That's fine. But with Discovery and uh, even with Picard, as much as I wanted to like Picard, it's not it's not the same. It's not there. It's, not. it's nothing it's nothing that I want to go back and like revisit over and over again like I want to do with Next Generation and Deep Correct. Space Nine and Voyager. Correct. Um, I like watched it once. It's an experience. I don't want to see it again. I think that's fair. Um I think this is going to be a little controversial and but also eye-opening for others. So uh -huh. so take it as it is. Yeah. Picard has or Picard, Star Trek as a series has always been social and political commentary. Mm -hmm. Um we know this. We yeah. we understand that um the reason the first girl v girl kiss on network television or, or on cable television or broadcast television there we go on standard television was on deep space nine was because of the homophobia that was going around around 1995 97 well, even go back further than that like the original star trek series with, interracial with, kiss. yeah with the interracial kiss right um, there's a lot of firsts when it comes to gender norms and racial norms of the day when you speak about Star Trek. And Star Trek has always been politically charged, socially charged, and, and social commentary about why aren't we better than we are right now. Uh, and if that ruffles your feathers, freaking pay attention. You're not watching the episodes, right? I I don't think I don't think that's necessarily a lie. I just think that the storytelling with the Next Generation and the Deep Space Nine were better than what we have now. I think uh, you're not you're not wrong about the social commentary and the and the and the how. I, I think they were more um, subtle with how they presented it previously than how they're doing it now they they I think were they, I think, a little bit more in your face but they also only had 10 episodes in Star well they, they they're they're also they also intermixed a lot of like just um i, I don't want to call it shock tv or something like something they, they would just like have a lot of action sequences and then a lot of violent sequences and a lot of things that just wasn't I know that there's been times in the past where Star Trek had that in there, but they used it very sparingly because they wanted to make a point. Mm -hmm. Whereas like these with Picard and stuff like that, it seemed like they tried to have a more action oriented special effects extravaganza that took a backseat to the story. Right. That it, and the story was to be fair, pretty weak um, and, and not very character driven. I will say I, I fully agree with you as far as Discovery goes. I don't necessarily mm. agree as far as Picard. In fact, Picard even had some filler content in it that I, I didn't <laughs> think okay, belonged. Yeah. No, you're, no, you're right. Picard had, okay, but Picard had some weird filler content. It did. It, 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 did, it didn't really jive with anything else. I, I kind of, in, in fact, the, the, there was a couple of episodes in Discovery 
where I actually did not mind because it was more of a throwback to the original Trek, especially the ones where they had Captain Pike and they went down to planets and stuff like that. This is like, okay, this was almost like original Trek at that point. Yeah. And I really enjoyed those for what it was, but the rest of it, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the storytelling of TV in general, where everybody kind of expects this overarching story to happen uh, where before it was always episodic. Yeah. Episodic TV is pretty much dead and we kind of have DS9 and 24 to thank for that. Uh, uh, and you can even go yeah. back to Babylon 5. Right. No, there, I mean, I, I didn't mind. Like that was, there was the inklings of that in the, in the early nineties where they mm -hmm. had, and as a prime example, it'd be one of the shows that I absolutely love was X-Files. Mm -hmm. X-Files, Xena, Hercules. Right. They they had episodic, an Episodic, but overarching. Right. They had overarching, but it was still episodic. Yes. They had the, the Creature of the Week episodes, but they still had these tentpole episodes that would continue the story on. That would progress something forward. That would progress right. things. So you would have these gems in between of just like these standalone stories that were just excellent and great. And they still kind of helped with the character development of of the characters that you had in there. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really affect the overall story one way or the other. It was just an enjoyable thing to watch. But they still kept an overarching story that kept you wanting to watch season after season after season. Right. Um and doing that, just doing a solo, like this is this whole season is an overarching story, is a lot harder to do, I think, because you have to keep the audience entertained. And that's why a lot of places have these like just filler episodes that are just full of nothing. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Take it as you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't think I have anything to add to that. All right. All right. Uh, a lot of stories we didn't get to. If you're interested in any of the of notes that uh, we didn't talk about, they are all down in the video description. There there are some good reads down in there. Uh, there's Amazon's uh, Vinyl Record of the Month is back yeah. for the first time since like 1985. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you remember Columbia Records, right? We used to have the Columbia Records. Well, it was, that was, that was, killed the MP3 star. That was that was cassettes. I remember the Columbia Records was cassettes. Columbia Records, they, right. they went to CDs and then then. Yeah. But now they're coming back to these type of things. But yep. it's vinyl, vinyl and it's collectible vinyl type stuff. The vinyl of the month. I would dig that. Yep. For twenty five dollars a month, you can get a classic album from the sixties and seventies every thirty days or so. Yeah, I mean twenty five bucks seems steep for vinyl, but they give you classics you know like pink right. floyd the wall and stuff so stuff that that if you got the original of would probably cost you 35 to 40 right as so. long as they are original masters and not yes. and not, not digital re-recorded re on analog yes yes um i'm for it yes uh, i am too uh i i had never really batted an eye about vinyl until i actually listened to someone who had a very good vinyl setup with some really good speakers and I can actually hear the difference. Mm -hmm. And then I was absolutely sold. And I'm like, I, I need to, I need to get this personally. I need to get my own, my own good turntable and my own good set of speakers because that was a phenomenal audio experience. Yeah. 
Um, all the ABBA albums. So, so if you want to talk original music fidelity, and I think we'll close with this. Yes. Um, there is a phenomenal YouTube video you need to go watch. And that is Brian May, uh, former guitarist for Queen. Yeah. Um, breaking down the original 24-track mix of Bohemian Rhapsody in studio. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, talking about Freddie Mercury, talking about how they mm. did the different takes and talking about the record company pushing back, like mm -hmm. a seven minute song. Are you kidding me? And, and, and went on, they're like, yeah, like that's what we're doing. And, uh, uh, them pushing it through <laughs> and, and all the different backstories. And it's like, it's like a 10 or 15 minute video. It's not terribly long, but he goes through and they get access to the original 24 right. track recording. And so they can hear the original individual vocal tracks and bass and guitar and piano and, and everything else that goes into it. It is a magical, magical breakdown. Uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff, that I nerdy actually, 70s music like kind of stuff. I am. And, and band geek levels it, of like. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. My, my son, who's, who's four now, he absolutely... <laughs> I don't know how he got indoctrinated into Bohemian Rhapsody, but every once in a while, I'll he'll just say, "Mama, ooh." That's that's all. That's the only part he knows. Didn't then, mean to make you cry. No, he doesn't even go. He just goes, "Mama, ooh." That's just all he'll say. A man. I'm gonna teach him some of the lyrics from that. Oh, he also knows nothing really matters. <laughs> Cause he, he, he was, <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, um, what was he, he was getting like, uh, he was, saying, he was saying something about nothing really matters. And, um, uh, like writers on the storm or something. He was getting those two confused. Like he was getting some Johnny cash mixed with some queen. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but he was saying he was thinking about nothing really matters today. It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> he actually made a joke because uh, he loves pancakes. He's a four year old. He loves pancakes, and so I was putting butter on his pancakes, and he just came out and he says, "Butter, ooh, didn't mean to make you melt." That's, that's that was the joke he came up with. And I'm like, that was, that's I'm like, Hey, that's pretty that's funny. Pretty <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty that's solid, pretty good. Dude. That's pretty yeah. good. Yep. Yep. Time to set up the tip jar for Jeff to sing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, There we go. Hey, there is some footage that I have of Jeff singing karaoke. It's pretty, and, uh, it's pretty good. Greatest karaoke you've ever seen. <laughs> the best. Karaoke. The best, the best karaoke. All right. Jensen Gentises. <laughs> Thank you for watching episode 190 here on Talking Heads. It has mm -hmm. been a fantastic show. If you're interested yep. in donating to the show to help us keep the lights on around here and right. keep the content coming to you, like my cloud gaming server and all the random tutorials that I do that take me two weeks to produce, mm -hmm. uh, think about joining the Floatplane or Patreon. Links are both down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to my Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads all week long. Keep the party going. Ask us questions. Drink beer with us. It's yeah. totally a cool place. Of course. Uh, is 
So anything else down there? Uh, you don't have a social, mm -hmm. so you don't really need to plug anything. No, not yet. Cool. I mean, I'm thinking about something. Maybe cool. I'll do something. I don't yeah. know. You're, you're getting a little old for it. I... Um... <laughs> I'll be the puppet master. I'm going to have my son do stuff. Just like tell him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> master of puppets. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be here every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time right here on YouTube for the latest in beer and tech news. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, we will see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, everyone. All right.